Good morning, good afternoon for some of you, good evening. So uh, this morning's Dharma talk, I, I think it's jumpy conclusions, yeah, jumpy, you know, jump, 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 jumpy conclusions. So it's simply put, and I just now invented this uh, choreography, so jumpy conclusion. So the jumpy is the moving part and the, and the and the conclusion is a locking down grasping. Both of them are passionate, and the first one is uh, pretty aggressive. The conclusion isn't so bad. The jumping isn't so bad. It's when they, when they team up, they hang out, and they create circles in our mind stream. It's difficult, and you do not have to stop these. Big misunderstanding. I just have to get my emotions under control. No, you don't. You do not. This is, your, your emotions are none of your business. That's why you should uh, be very, very nosy in that area. And it's difficult to use conceptual ideas, string of concepts, uh, analysis, or uh, some kind of conclusive uh, situation that I'm uh, working with here as I just talk about jumpy conclusions. So what I'm saying is, is using that particular couple of words to say that something arises, something arises, and instead of just receiving what arises, we add, we jump, we jump towards it, and we conclude. It must be because of this. It must be because of what she said, what they did, what I did, any kind of conclusive, any kind of attribution of blame or credit just adds to the the whole mess that the world is in, that samsara is in and has been for since the beginning of time, in one form or another, with one kind of consciousness or another. It is about being aware of that. How, how do you talk about that? How, help me here. Uh, if I, I see this, and uh, it's not a bragging point, it isn't like I'm getting a big gold star from the Buddha. Uh, this is the Buddha. This is what he was pointing at. It's, it doesn't have a conclusive nature to it. And that's why it's so difficult for the ego, ego, because the ego is on board because it's not been seen through as being uh, unreal or fictitious or uh, um, derived, uh, deriv uh, derived out of some kind of convenient uh, uh, safety net. But it needs to be seen. And this is why the sitting practice of meditation, we, we sit down we hold still and we keep it just as simple and direct a reception as possible. You're producing something when you go and sit down. And then you watch the way the mind keeps uh, reacting or responding to whatever rises in the mind stream by concluding something about it. Well, it must be this, it must be that, or there I go again is a simple one that we often say that just continues the circle because there is no, um, there is too much fear to actually re relax a little bit and just observe. We feel unprotected. We feel in danger. Maybe not uh, as an actual feeling of danger, but uh, the, the, the imminence of something, some kind of underlying anxiety about what's going to happen next. Fear of the apparent future. <clears throat> So you could just watch the jumpy quality. When you sit down, notice that whatever shows up, just notice whatever shows up, a thought, thoughts about what's going to happen next, what you're going to do later this afternoon, uh, about a, a job situation or a relationship dynamics that are uh, having some difficulty or coming in and out of what we call balance. Just observe. And the way I talk about this over and over again is, Give everything your attention. Don't lock down on anything. That, that's what the ego mind wants to do is find something and then hang on to it. Jump to it and then hang on for because of the threat of annihilation or, or the other way of experiencing that is being wrong. My God, what if you were wrong and everybody saw you? Or what if you were wrong and you saw how wrong you were, how you had made a mistake? So it is a, it's an awareness practice. 
it is about witnessing and witnessing and witness, just a witness and the quality if there if the, if the activity if there's some kind of putting forth or some kind of um, witnessing identity that we are you know temporarily constructing or or thinking of ourselves that way as someone who's receiving I think you can do that for a while you can be a receiver as long as you don't produce anything and if you do produce something then just it's the very nature of the situation to see that you've produced something. So receive that. And it seems that the, the more, the longer you do this kind of meditation, and there are other kinds and others are more circular. And not that they're wrong or incorrect, but as I've said probably hundreds of times by now, I don't teach out of what I was taught. Uh, on the other hand, if I hadn't been taught and if I had not studied, and, and been willing to experience not knowing what was being discussed, but listening to about concepts and not really be able, being able to understand those to my satisfaction, like a scholar or someone who could talk about that and make small talk about the fundamental nature of reality as it shows up in the whatever numbers count as there are five, there's still five. This is why I say to you, especially completely new people, you don't have to understand any of this, but you do have to study it. You don't have to. You don't have to understand this in the way that your ego mind is telling you. you have to understand it. That inner critic, oligarch, that inner parent, or however you want to use it in the uh, psychological uh, jargon. <clears throat> but you do have to study, and that study for you, or for you, or for you, or for anybody. Some people may be get gaining information and using that, and then someone else just may maybe. Uh, Maybe just feeling at a loss, feeling at a loss, feeling at a loss. Whatever, whatever is occurring to you in your study is exactly what you need. You don't have to change a thing. The mind that is that is extremely, say, gifted is going to kind of kind of use that gift and try to come in and use uh, some some kind of deconstruction of everything. It's already been deconstructed. All you have to do is study it. This does not mean that you can't be a scholar and read the 30 verses or the 20 verses or the, <clears throat> excuse me, of Asabandu or anyone else and go in and explain what it means. But most of those explaining what it means book, books are just that, explanations. Just more, more relative truth, more layers in the layer cake. After I've said all that, I would also say, if you feel like you need to do that, I wouldn't argue with you. I would say, well, go ahead and do that. I would say you might want to consider holding back a little bit. But if it feels like, no, I think I need to study this or study that, then I'm probably not going to disagree or correct you in some way. So as you do the sitting practice of meditation, shikantaza, sit, sit down, hold still, watch the movement, observe, observe, mm -hmm. receive whatever's moving, receive, receive the movement of the diaphragm, receive, receive the uh, noises coming from the other room, the birds, uh, people talking down the hallway in a low voice, of course, because they know you're meditating. All these stories to just keep bringing together. I wonder what they think about me meditating. They don't seem to, they seem to think I'm wasting my time. You know, they just chatter, chatter, chatter. What do we do with that? Don't do anything with it. Don't label it thinking and return to your breath as I did for decades. Don't do that. Don't, don't avoid in, in any way to try to make yourself into a better, more aware, more meditative person. People are teaching this everywhere. Not disagreeing, as I like to say over and over again, because I, I don't know, but maybe you should be doing that. If you have a teaching person, a teacher, and you have, you have confidence in them in some way, some strong connection, that's probably what you should be doing. <clears throat> Not too many people doing what I'm endeavoring to describe. So the self-centered mind, the ego mind, that part that sometimes kind of nauseates you when you are doing this or doing that, and you kind of think, this is kind of sickening because I can feel how self-centered I am or egotistical I am. Do nothing with that. Do not correct that. Never get rid of anything. Be a 
transcendental paragraph. When I say that doesn't mean go the other direction and start dragging things uh, into your storage building. <clears throat> but if it comes your direction, it's yours. It's talking to you. This is the universe. This is dependent, dependent origination saying, I'm coming in. I'm coming that way. You're the one that add, adds that it's coming. You're the one that adds on that it's there's an end. You're the one that adds that there's uh, someone worried about something coming this way. That is an illusion. Doesn't mean that it's not intense and even frightening or making you look around to see how you can get out of here. It might, it might be difficult. <clears throat> there will still be uh, jumpiness. There will still be conclusions. Uh, those, those may still come and go. You need to watch those happen. Don't stop them. Don't get rid of them so you're a, not a jumpy person and never conclude anything. It's just a higher level, or you could say more refined, more sophisticated level of narcissism or self-centeredness or me, 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 and how much control I have over everything. <clears throat> I used to be really crazy until I started meditating. Then everything just got very calm. And I just was very serene. And people would come up and say, you meditate so much, you must be really happy. And then you would say, yeah, I am. It's an amazing thing. You should try it. You ever said that to anybody? Probably not, because you're not as nuts as I am. <clears throat> Pardon my throat clearing. So if you watch the jumpiness, watch that you tend to be, uh, what is it? Uh, we use the word uh, the impulse to study, you know, to sing Irish songs. Yeah. Very popular. Is that a talk? Yeah, that was a talk. Just, just watch that. Don't, don't interfere with it. Don't stop it or slow it down. Just notice the energy going towards something. Notice that. And notice the when you get to the something you name or you judge or you evaluate or you, you bring in some kind of a conjunction of the apparent separation that you think you are into the apparent separation you think something else is and you bring them together artificially because you think you've got you, well, now I understand this. I would say, keep it to a minimum. Observe that happening. <coughs> Observe that happening, but don't particularly enforce that or ramp it up. Just, just notice that that'll happen. And that some, some days it might be stronger, just observe. Sometimes it may be weaker, just observe. Sometimes it may appear to go away, no congratulations, no merit badge. And then it may come back, come around the corner with uh, three or four trailer loads full of conclusions for you to get jumpy about. Just observe, keep it as simple as possible. Realize your true nature. If you realize your true nature, you'll know it. And it but it won't be the conventional knowledge of knowing this is a sound. Though it's not separate from that. That's why it is so baffling to the ego mind, to the self-centered mind, the grasping mind that wants, wants this, doesn't want that, wants this, wants to not be bothered by that. And when that particular mind stumbles into the spiritual path and there's some kind of a connection or a frequency or, or some, you resonate with what's being said, then we then the, the desire for something it becomes a desire for awakening, which on the Mahayana path is to the desire or the wish or the aspiration, inspiration to save all beings whom you are not separate from. Is that a proper use of the word whom? Whom? Whom you are not separate from? My Jisha is saying yes. Do you agree with that? <laughs> my Jisha just shrugged. <laughs> Are you my Jisha? If you want me to be, I'll be anything you want. <laughs> yes, sir. 
cheese on Bowen. Um, I'm just wondering if you had a way that we could respond to when someone's trying to seduce us into their conclusions. My impulse is to just agree so there's no difficulty there. Mm -hmm. So how do you respond when someone's trying to bring you in to seduce you into conclusions? So it's difficult and it might show up. I can give you an idea about it, but it would be very situational. I mean, if it's if it's your mom or your dad or somebody you already have a long history of you know them raising you, that might be difficult, uh, more challenging to work with that because their 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 projections on you are really intense. They think they know who you are. They raised you, you know. They created you. They get credit or to blame. So that's why parents are so concerned about what their children do. It reflects on them. They may not care so much about the children themselves because if they do. They would fundamentally help them instead of trying to mold them into their their version of insanity. Not a criticism, just an observation. Having been uh, in the molding device, so it would be situational. That means if it's someone in the sangha, I think you can just if it seems to be really. Um, <clears throat> causing conflict or difficulty or challenges for you or the situation or for the sangha, for the community or for that person, then probably having a face-to-face -face interview or sit down and talk to them about that topic face-to-face. -to -face, that's one way. If it's more casual or if it's outside of the sangha, the Buddhist community, then, then receive as much as you can. Uh, and um, when I say, I'm going to say this in a, kind of an aggressive way, but it, uh, it's something like this. Just make them drag it out of you. Don't agree, don't disagree, don't agree. Uh, if you need to, if you feel like you're being put upon so much, you need to say something, you can say, well, I kind of see what you mean. And that way you're not, you're not, uh, you know, you're not so-called uh, so caving into what their situation. And we have that, uh, Sangha's not, not free of that kind of an intensity either more. Juzan. Juzan, I think you said something about being nosy with our emotions. What yeah. do you mean by that? Look at them. Look at the emotion rather than abandon the emotion for what you think the emotion means. So be nosy. It's like window peeking into your own mind. Maybe not a very good example, but it's like we don't really want to look at what this is fundamentally because we want to know what it means. Just like you study the 30 verses, you want to know what the 30 verses mean. And I'm telling you, you're never going to understand the 30 verses. Vasubandhu didn't understand them and he wrote them. When people have conclusions about it, then they write books. I'm sure you've noticed. Those books can be helpful to some extent. I'm not saying they're totally off or wrong, but better to read the 30 verses yourself and you understand, you can discuss it with people. But be nosy about that which arises in the mind stream. Look at the emotion itself rather than be upset by the emotion and trying to find out what, what where the off switch is or, or, or find some kind of a otherness about it. That may not, may not, be uh, satisfactory to your question, but you can ask me again or paraphrase or yes. Are you encouraging us to go into the emotion? On, on sometimes, if the emotion is coming at you, then you're uh, and you're receiving it, then then the emotion is the imputation is that you're having an emotion, <clears throat> and you're it's coming up in you. It's it's uh, triggered or caused by a, a kind of otherness that if you get sucked into that, then we start believing in relative truth and thinking there's a source that there's a uh, a culprit for the crime. There is no culprit. So, so you may go into it a little a little, uh, uh, little ways, but you're not. If, but if you're if you have a strong sitting practice, then you're probably not going to go in very far. You're going to go in as soon as it's, the texture sh starts showing up. You'll you'll. You won't run from one side of the house to the other trying to find something more interesting. You just continue to look in that window, even though nothing's happening there. Is that metaphor supportive? To it? Yeah, if, you, if you're looking for some kind of result or some kind of otherness, this is spiritual materialism. That's why it's so difficult to do this when the practice is just 
out and out simple, sit down, hold still, and don't do anything. Whereas in the, the Tibetan forms that we practice a little bit, and I practice uh, quite a bit, uh, are a deliberate way of getting that those aspects of the mind, uh, the whole structure of, uh, of the body-mind complex to participate in a really strong form where you turn yourself into a deity and then you ask for help from your wisdom mind. It's just a, an ancient technology that they did in ancient, in, did in ancient India and, uh, and the, the indigenous uh, uh, shamanistic tradition of uh, Pern in, uh, in Tibet and, and the Tibetan uh, different lineages there and different teachers there. Not wrong, you could go study that if you want to. But you also, you have everything you need. You, you might need somebody to say, yeah, keep going. But as far as the, the what you're looking for, you are. Find out. That, that, that awareness is, uh, is, uh, doesn't come to a, a, a relative conclusion. It, it, it is already concluded, and you just run into that kind of certain certainty that was never concluded. It's not a conclusion. The conclusions get in the way of seeing the ultimate I'm having an ultimate understanding. And the amazing thing about it is you can, you're still a human, you still have emotions, you have, still have nightmares, you still have um, everything comes and goes, except there's no person anymore. And everything you see is looking back at you as if to say, who are you looking at? You're looking at yourself, you're looking at yourself. I'm gonna laugh for a minute. <laughs> when this goes away, I'll, I'll respond to your question. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. <laughs> You're going to be so surprised <laughs> when you see what this is. And you see, well, I knew that. Is that what he was pointing at? Yes, my friend. A question from Jeremy in Portland. Jeremy in Portland. I'm starting to be more aware of my biases and seats and the way my mind jumps to bullshit conclusions. But is it truly possible to not do that? Okay, there. See now, there. With all due respect, Jeremy, to your to the sincerity of your question, but you don't have to stop doing that. That's a misunderstanding based on manufactured ideas that ego generates to protect itself. The ego thinks that it's going to be able to stop doing that. Who you are and what what you're looking at is not separate. And so you don't have to stop. You just have to realize your true nature, which is not separate from the, the conclusion, not separate from, it's not separate from the worst crime. You're not special. You're flat out ordinary and everything is ordinary. It has to be a realization. So Jeremy, I would say, just continue, <clears throat> continue to practice, continue to look at the mind stream showing up as otherness, otherness, otherness. That's not good. This feels bad. This doesn't feel good. Do it for others. If, it, if you can't do it for yourself, if that feels too self-centered, then dedicate your life to others. Of course, there aren't any others, but do it anyway. Because that's just a statement about uh, coming out of the relative understanding, conceptual understanding of emptiness. He has a follow-up question. Certainly. Are biases the same thing as conclusions? So the bias uh, might have a have a longer life in your um, mind stream. It's just something that hangs out there and waits to be triggered. So you like you walk around the corner and see uh, see somebody who's really old might have a bias that might just be triggered. You know, like old people, or you might. Uh, run around the corner and see somebody who's a baby or really young. Uh, you may not like them either, but chances are you'll like them because they're not threatening, they're innocent. You automatically get a superiority feeling from being around them as the adult when actually the person you're looking at may be and is, more than likely is, the Buddha until they cover that up and go into a life of struggle. So the bias part of it would be uh, it's already laying in wait for, for the 
to be triggered because you've not looked at it. Because when you look at it, you don't like it. So you want to get, you don't want it. So you cover, you ignore it rather than just be a person with bias. A person who is aware of their ignorance, but not gotten rid of it, is not functioning out of ignorance. They're functioning out of clarity about the nature of samsara, which is ignorant, is ignoring. When you hear someone say, well, I'm not, I'm not prejudiced, it's, that tells you the level of their confusion and their self-centeredness. They may be a nice person. They may be relatively nice because they cover up all the struggle and, and warfare that's under the surface. It's been probably trying to express itself because of dependent origination for a long time. How do you work with that? Receive. Be responsible for your mind stream instead of trying to uh, letting the oligarch of ego trying to control yourself and make yourself into some fancy deity. What was the other word besides bias? Are they the same thing as conclusions? A little bit, but the conclusion <clears throat> is, some, is kind of a reaction out of what is being perceived, a reaction to uh, something happens. We, we're not sure about it. We're not, we're, we're not particularly, particularly willing to receive that. So we, so we, we jump and we conclude, well, that shouldn't be there. Well, I shouldn't be thinking that. Well, I don't know why I can't get rid of that. Why does that keep coming back? Why does that negative feeling keep showing? Why, 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 why? All the why questions. You could go back to a, what is that? That will slow you down a little bit. You may still have the jumpiness. You still may conclude something about it, but in the middle of, of the conclusion, you could actually, what is that? What is that? And you may get some kind of an answer. You may not. It may, it may be some kind of a response. It may not. But that would be a better approach than why. And then the other direction with another similar word is, uh, who sees that? Is there someone? Is there a... That's something. So we, we concluded that. But is there someone who concludes that? So you could look at the fundamental nature of identity, which is subjective, objective, or me and everything else, or you and the world, other people, trees, ships, what? beeswax. Can anybody else here dream while they're awake? Can you dream while you're awake? Yeah. Kozan dreams when she's awake. I kind of knew that. So. Further questions? Hondo. Hondo Bowing. Um, how is jumpiness more aggressive than concluding? I think uh, the way I'm using it is it's, it's, the, it's the impulse part of it. So the first part of the impulse, once that started, there's some kind of movement towards it without really having much of an agenda. You just, if you look at your state of mind, it's, it's just jumpy. And so instead of, instead of just being jumpy, uh, which sometimes shows up as anxiety, so that's the preliminary stage of it. Uh, when I say prelim preliminary, I'm just saying that uh, no, uh, nothing's been concluded yet other than maybe uh, I feel anxiety. And that's, a, that's still a conclusion, but that's a little bit more workable than I jump to a conclusion that that's the reason I'm feeling even though, and this is the amazing part of it, the, 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 the part that makes it so difficult, is there probably was a relative activity or trigger for how you're feeling. So that's why it's so difficult to work with this, because you're, by trying to get rid of the polarity uh, in order to have some kind of ultimate understanding, uh, the, the understanding of the relative polarity is the absolute, or is Fundamental understanding without a self, without another, needs to be seen more. No, Bowing, I couldn't quite follow whether jumpiness was different than anxiety. Bowing? Uh, jumping is kind of a description, uh, maybe, of the anxiety is more spatial, and jumping is more about some, you know, going and then, no, oh, it can't be that. Well, maybe, uh, you know, being just jumpy about it and then, then. And then, you know, you could even just conclude about the jumpiness. So it seems to work in so many, uh, so many different kinds of ways that don't, that kind of leave you with, with no idea of what the hell you should do next or what this is about. And I'm saying that 
whatever arises in the mainstream, that's what you work with. Not, not what you should do about that necessarily. I, I just say, as you hear me say over and over, just train your mind. The Buddha, the Dharma, and Sangha. Talk to the teacher, study the Dharma, 2,500 years of teachings, including whatever the current teacher is saying, and study with Sangha, study the Dharma. Those seem to give us a strong support, depending on how we're doing that. And with Zoom, we're able to do that. You know, we're able to connect with people that are pretty much isolated and still have that a strong uh, feeling of those of the three jewels more. Mondobang, is the aggressiveness, the initial turning away that jumpiness is referring to, Bowing? Paraphrase that. I hear you, but I want you to say it a different way. Um, is the aggression about turning away from what is, Bowing? Yeah, I think it is. It's a, it's a, it's aggressive. It's a movement, so it's aggression, but it's a turning away, so it's ignorance. So it's the very way the passion aggression uh, work. The, the the passion is showing up as fear or dissatisfaction or anxiety or antsiness or whatever, and then the turning away is aggressive aggression, and then then what happens is we ignore what we just. Again, three poisons, they always operate in that little triangle in different ways. More. So again, to follow up on that, it's just about seeing that. All you have to do is see it. See the way you're being tricked by your own fear and the fear is uh, baseless. I mean, it has a, base, has a relative base, but it's fundamentally baseless. Nicole, you don't have to ask me anything ever. Yes. There's a question in the chat box from Ivan. Ivan. What did you mean by being balanced? By being balanced? Yes. How did I use it? I don't know, but if he says anything, I'll let you know. Well, you're writing everything down there. What did I mean by being balanced? Uh, Ivan Bowing. Yes, I have. You mentioned um, what it would be like being in or out of balance. What did you mean by being in balance or out of balance? Well, so what I mean by balance is a, is a the fancy word for that is a, is a state, <clears throat> which would be what? Uh, <clears throat> equilibrium, equanimity. Nothing, nothing out of uh, out of alignment. Just everything is is just as it is, and it may relatively may be out of balance. Just like you might think when it's night, something's missing, and nothing's missing. Might think when it's day, something's missing, nothing's missing. It's in balance. It's balanced. Night and day, life, life and death are in balance. Be careful! I don't spit my coffee. I'm being very careful that I don't spit my coffee on my computer. See, I'm controlled. I mean, I have control. I intend to hold on to it too. Otherwise, I'd have to get on a computer. Hondo. Hondo Bowing, how do we kill thoughts? Yeah, you mean in the in the context I say don't kill your thoughts? Yeah. Just just notice that you you try to push them down, or you try to get rid of them, or you you, you have thoughts about something, and then regardless of what it is, anything, we, we, we don't want it that way. We want something else. We, I'm not saying we're, we come up with some kind of a, a knife and kill them that way, but we, we destroy the energy of the thought uh, that comes up that is dependently arisen, and we add to the very law, uh, the very dharma of dependent origination uh, our, with our own two cents worth or our own personal take on everything. Even the even a teaching person is doing that to some extent. Not in the same. It seems like when um, initially I notice a thought, it seems like I'm killing it because I'm not letting it continue. How do I let it continue? Oh, you're doing you're doing it. it your your uh, conclusion is that you're not letting your thoughts continue. <laughs> Just be aware of the conclusion. Amazing. You actually get to be who you are. You don't have to be somebody else. After 
doing uh, practicing for close to 50 years, I didn't become somebody else. Lucky you guys. But so then what is it that seems to end the thought prematurely? Again, you noticed it right, right as you said it, you noticed it prematurely. So just we're, we're judging everything. There's some kind of judging and tabulating, which we don't want to get rid of that. Just be aware that you're doing that. It, it actually can be quite humorous to watch the way the mind, uh, the thinking mind keeps coming in, trying looking for somebody that's wrong or somebody that's right or somebody that's sound asleep and needs to be punished <laughs> for their lack of doing what they're told in terms of the self-centered ego, right and wrong, the whole right and wrong, even though it says in the, the three pair of precepts, do good, don't do harm, save all beings. Uh, sometimes that's elaborated and stretched out into more you know, psychologically acceptable structures of doing good and don't do harm. But it's, I like it just very simple because you kind of know at any given time if you're doing something that's harmful to yourself or to others. And that seems to change. Sometimes as we practice, we, we're less and less likely to interfere with other people's karma. Other, we respect, as I say, I hope you this makes some sense to you. If it doesn't, then maybe we don't have the connection that I thought we had. But you don't, don't have to, saving somebody doesn't mean interfering with them and, and convincing them to meditate. Uh, saving them means respecting their confusion. You have to really respect somebody's confusion and ignorance. That's hard because quite often when you're doing that, you might be really irritated with the way they're acting. You have to respect them. Put, put them, put their welfare, uh, even though you can't do this, the, the, the inspiration or the, the, uh, the idea there is to put others before yourself. Have some consideration for others' pain and suffering. And you, the way you train to do that is by doing it with yourself, with your own mind stream. As uh, Trunk Parampatri would say, make friends with yourself. It took a long time to see what he was intending by that. More questions? Joka Bang. Joka. Tim says in the chat box, are you saying if we don't conclude, we are being our true self? <laughs> No. Uh, again, it's not about not concluding. And when I say don't conclude, I know you can't do that. I do it all day long. <clears throat> it is, it, but if you bring your mind to uh, relative truth in a, in a clear, precise, and radical way, just watch the concluding. You will notice it takes a while that there's no one who's doing that. But you have to look at the at the actual tail feathers on the concluding. You can't, you can't turn it into some kind of a bird of paradise where the, you, something is really good or something is really bad. It, it needs to be a, your bare attention on that, on that situation. Just receive that situation. And you will see that there's no being doing that. This takes a while, a long while. We have to watch the concluding. If you try to stop it or improve or be a better person, uh, then, then that goes in circles, and you actually do have some relative uh, pro uh, progress or accomplishment or something. Or you're like they talk about in the boomies, all that stuff. I'm not saying those are wrong. Those are very helpful. We we study them, or the monks study them. I study them quite a bit. I had quite a few. I don't have migraines, but I still have terrible headaches. So I am saying. Uh, there, there's no uh, credential for awakening, but I'm saying that if you can just watch, be kind to yourself, take care of yourself. Just, just watch the way the mind keeps looking for some kind of a result or some kind of a culprit or right and wrong or anybody we can blame for our, our neg negative feelings that are rising in the mind stream. Uh, and you might have to watch the way you conclude for a while until uh, and keep it just as a minimalist as, as possible, less is better. When I say that, that means that something shows up and maybe three years from now, maybe, maybe a little less will show up. No guarantee. Maybe that takes you into an area where, uh, where you get overloaded for the next three and a half weeks or months. 
with lots of negativity that has, doesn't seem to have any source. But because you're a practitioner, because you're a student of the Buddha's Dharma, because you have a, an understanding of what this teaching is saying, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not hindered by it. You're not, it doesn't stop you or slow you down or cause you to go anywhere else, but right here. It's a direct perception of what is in front of you, sometimes called a direct perception of emptiness. And emptiness doesn't mean something is missing or that relatively, relatively things are gone. Let me let me do uh, let me take a Shoto's uh, young and then I'll come to you. Shoto bowing. Um, what does an instruction like "Don't add" do that? Is it getting exciting? Don't stop. I'm starting to get anxious. You say "Don't add" or I do or "Don't," but then you'll follow it up with "It's about observing that." Yes. So. Why teach don't add instead of observe the adding? Mm. <laughs> because that's too easy for to uh, ego, especially your ego. You're totally insane. You know that. I'll help you. It's, it's too easy a, a thing that for the ego to abscond with that kind of rhetoric and actually imitate that. Whereas if I say don't add, then what do you do? You you immediately, if you if you're listening to what I'm saying, you'll look and see where you're adding at, and you might try to put some uh, uh, some traction on that, pulling back the other way. You might pull back, like when I say, uh, "Don't blame." <clears throat> you might might not be able to stop blaming, but you but by saying "Don't blame," you'll notice the energy going out the blaming to other, and you may be able to pull back on that, at least put enough tension on it. So. So you're really aware that that's a, a reaction to something, not and it has a relative truth, but it's ultimately it's a, uh, ultimately it's a, it's self deception. So all I'm saying is what you're saying it, it's correct, but it's too much like reading it in a book. That's why you can't. You have to meet someone who understands this. You can read, you can read all the books you want. I'm not saying that you couldn't. Um, it wouldn't be helped or make some progress or your life would make more sense or you you know you have less suffering of course that's always possible but dependent origination there's no way to know uh, everybody has a different kind of set of chemicals and recipes and ingredients and condiments and all of that using the food ideas uh, that is so very complicated even though we're all human you, you, we're all even twins you can tell them apart if you look at them long enough so, no two people are alike more Sure. So does that tension help us to go deeper into it? Yeah. Yeah, just making it very simple. Don't add. <clears throat> and then you're adding. Just watch the adding. But it gets you to, to look at it. I'm happy to hear of an, an, you have other alternatives to that. You have one? Good. <laughs> you hung. You hung by if a child imitates in, inappropriate behaviors, how to introduce the idea of be yourself, be who you are? Okay, so if a child does what now? If they do imitate, copy, imitates inappropriate behaviors. Okay. Yeah, that's it's, it would be difficult. I'd have to see, know more about it. But I would say uh, uh, the important thing in any situation like that is your presence and how you how you function with that rather than you getting them to change or stopping them or, you know, however you may approach it. I'm not saying those are wrong. They're, they're just dependently arisen. have been going on for centuries. So, but, but the more you can just be with, you know, say I'm speaking, uh, speaking of your uh, two, uh, Ellie and uh, Abe, your two children, I assume you're talking about them. And so I would say, just, just be with them, hang out with them. Not easy. You don't know what they're coming. I know at, uh, what are they, four and six? Is that the ages? Yeah. So I don't know, don't know why I'm able to remember that, but because I'm not much into numbers. But anyway, however they're functioning isn't just coming out of the situation they're in. It's coming coming from beginningless time. We've been here forever. I'm not even going to go back and say they had a, a life in a past uh, a century where this happened, that happened, this caused that. Obviously, to me, it's obvious that stuff happens. But what's important is to handle what's happening right here, right now. 
We may need to know some of that. We may not. The, one of the most important things to, to remember is that everything is dependently arisen and anything, any activity that is coming up with a child or with a full-grown adult is dependently arisen, especially when it seems to be add to the chaos or becoming out of fear. And uh, quite often what happens, a, a way to describe it is people are trying to cover up their fear. And one of the successes they can have is they can get, they can scare somebody else and somebody else gets the fear. Just the nature of dependent origination uh, helps it do that. So, so just, um, so it's difficult to, without knowing the exact situation, there might be other things I would say if I knew more about it. But I'm saying the fundamental situation is to be be present, and and uh, if they're you know hitting or or abusing some uh, another child or something like that, you can reach out and stop them. I mean, you're in a position to do that, so you can do that. But but uh, add on uh, some kind of a, a thing that they're wrong or they're bad or they're you know, somehow a horrible person or something, because you don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what kind of terrible feeling there that's coming up for them that they're covering up by their what antisocial activity and this is true all over the place with also with full-grown adults but it's so the momentum of samsara the momentum of this kind of insanity or this materialism trying to control and the complete ignoring of the spiritual dimension of, of our species as human beings we, we completely ignore that and then when we die, we, we realize, oh, I guess I missed that. That was so tangled up in my life. Don't you? A question from Adriana. Yes. You often say that who we really are is not threatened. Who are we? Everybody and nobody. So you're 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 not separate from anybody. But there's no there's no separate being like a we're all one spirit or something like that. There, there isn't anything that you are, that you, that you, that is not a part of you to use a relative, a part. I like to say not separate rather than we're all one. We're all one is a conclusion, unnecessary. We're not separate is misleading enough. So I would say the other thing I would say to, who is it? Adriana. To Adriana is a find out. Find out. There's no way that the the the, the Dhammapada or the Majima Nikaya or the cutting through spiritual materialism or uh, Shobagenzo or or this person or anybody can do this for you. You have to do it. What you can get from studying the the Buddha's teaching is the teacher, the teaching. In the community, those three seem to be very, very important. So align yourself with those three in some way, however they show up for you, and continue to train your mind. And it's just a matter of setting aside time so that you can sharpen this blade. Use a relative idea. Sit down, hold still. Look at something where nothing is moving or nothing much is going on. It can be a tree. It can be a tree. It can be a wall can be a refrigerator, something where not much is happening. And just watch what moves in the mind stream without grasping, rejecting, or shutting down. And of course, to do that, you're gonna notice how you keep pushing at some things, rejecting other things. But it's about the observing of that, not about uh, controlling that or becoming someone who doesn't grasp or concludes, my friends, don't do it, observe it. Be very kind to the, to the mind stream. Don't mess with the clouds. They're none of your business. Even if they're in your own head, you think they're your business, you'll suffer. And you'll also, I'm not condemning you to anything. It's just, a, I'm just, uh, as Unia sometimes said, says about herself, I'm just a reporter. <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking at it. I don't have to plan for a talk. I don't even have to give a talk. But if you show up, I'll show up. If you have questions, I'm all about responding to your questions so that you can understand your true nature. Yes. A question from Shane in Virginia. Why am I more likely to be irritable if I am in physical pain 
even low level dull aching pain. It's just dependently risen. I mean, there's no, if I say why, I mean, I can, I, when I'm, look who you're talking to, I'm going to say probably because you don't meditate enough. When's the last time you did a couple of box sets back to back? You're going to have to do it. You can't, you know, I can explain, I can answer questions, but my friends, you're going to have to meditate and you're going to have to probably do quite a bit of it. So, and not that somebody meditating uh, an hour, half an hour, 20 minutes a day, that isn't valuable. If that's what you can do right now, then do that. It's not wrong. Do what you can. And then as you go along, maybe you can do a little more. One of the reasons we have a community, we have a sangha, uh, have a teaching, a teacher, is to create a strong mandala or circle of support because the material world is not about this at all. They're about controlling you and taking your money, if you haven't noticed. Not evil, just dependently arisen. It's dependently arisen. And so is this. But realization is not dependently arisen. Uh, the dependent origination hides hides the uh, the reality uh, through our grasping at one thing, shutting down another, enhancing something, going after this and abandoning that. That kind of activity creates the illusion of someone getting somewhere or someone losing out. Pretty strong. Thank you so much. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddha's temple monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.